how do you describe the time in which we currently live? How do you articulate the moment we currently live in as a nation, as a country, as a people? How do you properly do that? How do you say, hey, a country that's 200 plus years old, a nation that's 200 plus years old, how do we come together 200 odd years ago, build this amazing country from an experiment that many did not know would work, that was really never, ever tried? How do we get to the point where 200 years plus after that great thing that is known as the American Revolution, we have a nation once again divided. Our bitter tensions boiled over years and decades ago in the form of a civil war. But what will it be now? I don't know that answer. Many have theorized, many have different takes and different opinions about it, but I sincerely don't know that answer. What I do know and what I do believe and think I know is what has brought us to this moment where all Republicans are racist and all Democrats in the hyper emotional rhetoric that we often use in our daily lives. All Republicans are racist and all Democrats are commies or communists to be more proper. How do we get to this point? How do we get to this point where we want to defund police? How do we get to this point where gender is a hundred plus things? There's more than two genders, male and female. There's some list has a hundred, some have 115 plus. How do we get to this point where you can now be as many are becoming slowly. It's creeping into culture, trans, racial. How do we get here? How do we get to this place, this moment in time? this period in history, this drop in the ocean that is the historical record and the story of humanity. How do we get to this point? We're in the country that is the richest, most prosperous, most successful country in the history of the world. How do we get to the point where it is xenophobic, hateful to say a country should have some type of borders. How is that xenophobic? How do we get to the place where that is even in the category of xenophobia? How do we get to the point in the place where your thinking, your thought pattern is only dead? How can I say this in a proper way? Is only supposed to be one way if, let me put a caveat there. If you're black, 
and the mainstream culture has said that's okay. It boggles my mind that a country of 330 odd million people are infighting like never before. I don't know a lot. I don't proclaim to know a lot. How do we get to a place where being a Christian is demonized, but being an atheistic LGBTQ member is perfectly okay? How do we get to a place where a woman is lampoon lambasted if she says, I want to stay at home with my children, take care of them, or my husband works? I'm not forced to stay at home. This is not the 1950s. But I want to stay at home. But yet she's lampooned, lambasted. And shunned. And now is an anomaly instead of commonplace. How do we get to this place? I don't know a lot of things, but I think I have some type of hypothesis. I think it's summed up in one word. Fear. Fear is a powerful force. It is a force that shows up and has shown up in many forms, personally, individually, in our culture, and around the world. Fear is powerful. It is powerful. And it has shown up unlike any time before in our present time. And it has consumed and is consuming many in our nation and around the world. In this episode, I want to discuss, I want to talk about, I want to uh, muse about fear and fighting fear. Because I personally fear that if we do not conquer fear, We will implode. I want to talk about that in the culture and in our current moment. I want to talk about what I believe we can do in this moment. Regardless if you're Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, what we can do in this moment to fight fear and rise above it. Because that's what's been consuming us. And that's what I think is the cause of much of the chaos, confusion, discontent that we see in our country and around the world. All of that and more coming up on this edition of Changing the Narrative with me, your host, Jay Shakur. Please, please, please listen attentively. Listen with an open heart and mind to what I will say and share in this episode. All coming up next. 
You don't become what you want because so much of wanting is about living in the space of what you don't have. I believe that we all share this common desire. We all want to be liked. We all want to be accepted. Everything we do in some way considers that fact. You don't have vision. You don't build your character because you know, you know, letting go of your ego. Thank you for listening. All right, all right, all right. Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. You hear me say that all the time. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. I sincerely mean that. Please, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, please share this podcast episode, whether you're watching on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, however you get your podcast, please, please share this podcast with others. As well, I would like for you all to go to jshakurmedia.com. You can click on the tab podcast there, jshakurmedia.com, or go to jshakurmedia.com backslash podcast, and you can support this show by giving uh, a, a donation monthly to this show, a reoccurring effort to help this show. You can do that. You can help us be independent. You can help us be quality. You can help us expand, help me expand. I would greatly, 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 greatly appreciate that. I want to talk today, as I mentioned in my opening monologue, about fear. Fighting fear is the angle, but more distinctly, I want to talk about fear and how that I believe that that is ruling our current moment. It is ruling our current moment, unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. And it is paralyzing a whole lot of people. Before I get there, I want to I want to be distinct in what I'm saying and give some type of thought pattern to this. This this thing called fear, I think especially in the context of the United States of America, is rooted in what I refer to and what many others have referred to. I didn't coin the term as the single story. Whatever whatever side we're on, politically, socially, everyone defined it, we have believed in some way the single story about each other. Whether you're black, you've believed the single story about white people in the form of critical race theory and white privilege and all these other things. White people may have believed the single story about certain black people. Uh, Democrats have believed the single story about Republicans. They're this way. They're only this way. Republicans have believed in many ways the single story about uh, uh, Democrats. And it goes on and on, whatever category you want to look at. We believe the single story about an individual, and we've allowed that to dominate to to uh control how we move how we operate how we relate to each other as citizens and as particularly or especially as human beings what am i saying what about what, what do i mean what am i talking about the single story how does the single story of fear connect it is in the single story hear me it is in the single story 
It is in the belief in following and only settling for the single story that you begin to fear. You begin to hear me. You begin to fear. Listen closely. You begin to fear what you think you know in the context of what you don't know. Let me say that again. The single story, the danger in believing the single story, how the single story is tied to fear is this. You begin, once you have accepted the single story, you begin to fear what you think you know in the context of what you don't know. In my book that came out last year in July, in the heat in the midst of the race riots and the the, the so-called racial reckoning and all of the stuff that was going on in this country after post-George Floyd. In the book, my book, The Race Fetish, Progressive America's Religious Obsession with Oppression, Pigmentation, and the Other, I opened the book really talking about that. Opened the book expressing that, and I think I'm going to do another edition of this book and expand on it. But I said this uh, on page 22 of the book, chapter one of the book. I said this in America today, it seems that both sides for the most part have settled for a single story. Many black Americans have settled in the ideals and precepts touted by the false theory of white privilege, asserting unevocally that simply because you're born with less melanin or or certain pigment, you are inherently better. This idea, despite how bigoted, is widely accepted by whites and blacks. The foster of white privilege automatically assumes that I am, as a black person, inferior, and no matter what I do or achieve, I will never be privileged enough because I have the disability of being black. I go on to say in the book, it ignores the key fact that anyone can and does live a privileged life because of the choices they have made, not because of the amount of melanin that is in their skin. Those who peddle the white theory, the white privilege, excuse me, the white privilege narrative have submitted to a superiority complex. Phrases like white privilege are just a modern twist on white supremacists ideology asking me as a black person in America to believe in white privilege means asking me indirectly to accept black inferiority imagine a black child being brainwashed as we see in many of our institutions today, academia, media. Imagine a black child being brainwashed into believing they are inferior and can't achieve as much or very little as their classmates or peers because they have a different skin tone, a different skin color. As well, imagine a white child being brainwashed into believing they are guilty of being inherently a racist and having an, and having an advantage over other people, particularly black people, because of their skin color. This sick ideology is one of the pillars and core precepts of the race fetish espoused by the modern woke crowd in America. It only adds to a division and projects blame arbitrarily on others who may or may not have 
anything to do directly or indirectly with their success or the lack thereof. Consequently, nothing is solved and no progress is actually made. This is the danger of the single story. We make no advance towards true unity when we see all white people a certain way, i.e. as privileged or when we automatically place all black people into a victim or oppressed class. In fact, the primary modern phenomenon that upholds and reinforces this notion of the single story, which in many ways appeals to our egos, is the almost inherent ability of the individual or people who other, i.e. othering is shunning or shunning and separating yourself and others due to difference to position themselves as the victim or those who are oppressors. It is often presented with fake outrage and we see it all the time on mainstream media. It is often presented with fake outrage and emotional cliches, but never with facts. The single story is no longer something to avoid, but the race fetish demands our obsession on race is, is, is it, it demands the single story and the belief in the single story about a certain people group, about a certain race, about a certain ideology, about a certain group of people, about a certain political party, whatever it may be, about a certain whatever. It demands that we submit to the single story. And in submitting to the single story, in submitting to this, this toxic thing that I refer to and many others as the single story, we submit to Inadvertently, we submit to fear. It is quite sickening. It is quite sad. It is quite heartbreaking that we are here. Now, I use race as a microcosm, as a symbol, as an example, rather, not really a symbol, but as an example, a tiny bit, a, 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 a tiny example of how we have believed the single story. how we have believed the single story about people. And in us believing that single story, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. In us believing that single story, in us surrendering to that single story, pick up your copy of the race fetish on Amazon, if, by the way, in us surrendering to that single story, we inadvertently open ourselves up to fear. How? Let me break it down very quickly. When I, let's use an example. When I am raised, using race as an example, race is only example, but these principles can apply to anything in your life. Hear me. When I, as a black person, am taught in schools indirectly a very twisted history about a country, about a people, particularly white people, I'm taught through Marxist ideology rooted and and engrossed in much of our teaching style that white people are by nature privileged in this country and in the world. And me having this level of melanin in my skin disadvantages me, puts me at a disadvantage. When I'm taught that, 
consistently, constantly, and it's reiterated to me in academia. Then I watch the media and it's reiterated to, it's reiterated to me in the media and Hollywood is, is echoing it. And everybody I like is echoing. I'm a child now and everybody I like is echoing it. And oh my gosh, even my parents subtle hit, hit at it like, oh, uh, this is a white man's world. And that, uh, when all these things, right? And then they court, and then it, it's like they throw you down and say, hey, you can't do this because of white people. But black is amazing. You better do all you can. And they cloak empowerment and oppression. That's another podcast how black people have been trained to cloak empowerment in oppression and cloak oppression within op- empowerment. But that's another, that's another conversation. When you hear that over and over and over and over and over and over again, you are conditioned to believe that. That's why you can do what I believe her name is Gwen Berry or whatever name, the Olympics, the Olympics girl. Uh, you can stand there as a person who was chosen to represent this country and frown and throw a, a what they call a beef fit. I ain't gonna say the word throw a beef fit because they played a song. And to appeal to the world crowd, you just stood there acting like a stereotypical mad black woman. What? That's what you produce. And then you begin to enroot and ingrain, though it may not be in your attention, indirectly fear of what right people are going to do, what cops are going to do. Oh, my gosh. What they're going to do. You begin to embed fear. Oh, Republicans, oh, they're racist. Oh, my gosh. If a Republican win, oh, my gosh. That's why, because we've been living on, we've been hyped and living in fear and pushed by the hysteria of the mainstream media. That's why the last four years, particularly when Donald Trump first won, that people who hated, who were conditioned by the media to hate him, although everybody loved him four or five years prior to him running for the presidency, people that were then conditioned to hate him were screaming in the streets. And if we forget on Inauguration Day, literally looting and burning and tearing up Washington, D.C., have we forgotten? Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten? Because you've conditioned them to fear. Because you have conditioned them to fear. How did you condition the fear? By having them believe and buy into the single story. In this example, and in this dialogue, or diatribe, I want to phrase it, I'm using race as the primary example. But you can apply this principle to anything in your life. What is it you've believed? Or who is it that you believe the single story about? So much so that you begin to believe everything, you become paranoid, and then you begin to fear. Ask yourself that. Think about that. Think about that. We have for far too long been conditioned. Conditioned. To believe the single story about groups of people, about places, about things. And it brings us to fear. Take COVID in the last year, 16 months, 18 months. They have conditioned many. So much so to fear a virus with a 99.9 survival rate 
if you're over 50 and I believe if you're under 50 or going down to the 60s and with comorbidities and pre-existing conditions, it's like a 96 or 97 uh, percent survivor. Their condition, hundreds of millions of people to wear two, three masks, to be afraid of contact, to stay at their homes. Think about that. Think about that. CNN. I don't know about MSNBC, but I know for sure CNN had a COVID tracker. Most of last year, they took it off right around the end of the election. (laughs) Coincidence. But CNN had a COVID tracker on their screen for most of last year, counting every little death. Every little diagnosis, every little uh, uh, positive case. But they wouldn't tell you the good news about all the thousands that recover. All the thousands that didn't die. They didn't tell you that. Why? Ain't no money in that. It was just exposed by Project Veritas, an investigative an, uh, investigative uh, journalist, journalism uh, nonprofit. It was just exposed by them. A few months ago, that a CNN executive talking about how fear sells, conditioned to fear. I want you to deal with your fear. Hear me. I want us to deal. I want you. I want us to deal with our fear by refusing. Hear me. Refusing to settle for the single story about anybody, about anything, about any group. Make a conscious decision within yourself to say, hey, yeah, you're saying this to me. Yeah, you believe this or you're telling me this. Number one, I'm going to be independent and research on my own. Number two, I'm going to make sure I get as much as possible, as humanly possible, the full story about whatever or whoever it is. When you stop believing the single story, oh, they only this way. They only going to be that way. When you stop believing the single story, you are less prone to fear. You're less prone to fear. I remember... I hate flying still to this day. I hate flying. I don't like being on planes. But nevertheless, what I do for for a living and my life just demands that I fly at least a, a couple times every few months. Right. And I was in my freshman year of college at our university. And I was. Going back for, I didn't go back for Thanksgiving break, but I was going back for the winter slash Christmas break. And the only feasible, plausible way to do that was to get on the plane. Couldn't drive. Train going to take three, four days. The, the most, the, the easiest, fastest way was to get on a plane. It's the 21st century, right? I was terrified. I was fearful. I was terrified. Terrified. Completely, absolutely terrified. 
And so I called my spiritual father and called my grandmother. My grandmother prayed for me. I think I actually recorded that prayer. She prayed for me. I was literally terrified. Laugh at me if you want to. I was terrified. And I called my godfather. I mean, my, my spiritual father. And we talked. I told him I'm terrified. He says, I said, I'm scared of heights. He says, you're not scared of heights. You're scared of falling. Okay. All right. Um, my story, my narrative, what I told myself about flying is beginning to, to fall apart around me. I didn't realize it at the moment, but in retrospect, I, I see this. And so I get on the plane. And because I had always thought about planes in one way, had read the horror stories of plane crashes, Aaliyah, one, uh, a singer, a popular a black singer, I had read the stories one way about planes. I was convinced this plane was going down and I was going down with it. But then I got on the plane. I was determined not to get a window seat. I did not want a window seat. What I had to do is I think it was a full flight. I was not getting the window seat. I was getting on, as I think it was a flying Delta. I was getting on a, I was getting the aisle seat. The way I have, a, in my thinking, as funny as it is now, some cushion if we crash. <laughs> so I don't want to be on the side. And we, uh, no, I need some cushion. Silly thinking, right? You're irrational when you're fearful. And so we got to get on, put my little uh, bag in the overhead compartment thing. And some guy comes up to me and says, hey, can I have that seat? Can I sit next to you? He looked at the aisle seat because he wants to sit next to me. Well, in the section with me. He looked at the aisle seat. He did not look at the window seat that was perfectly open and available for him. He looked at the aisle seat. I'm like, oh, gosh, you want to sit on the, on the, in the aisle? And I moved over. And I'm sitting by the window. I'm terrified. Oh, my gosh. I'm doing what I said I wasn't going to do. I have told myself a narrative about flying and flight and all this. And oh, my gosh. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Long story short, I'm here. We landed. I made it home, right? I believed one thing, one way about plane, plane rides, etc. I told myself that. Sometimes the single story, the one-sided stories that we t- that we believe, we tell ourselves, society ain't got to tell us. And I became fearful of what I did not know. Because I thought I knew everything there was to know, but I only knew a small portion. When I broadened my horizons, got to know more, got to see more, do more, be on a plane more, understand turbulence and how turbulence happens and how pockets of air in the sky work and all of that. When I began to understand that and got a broader picture of the story of flying using this as a as a illustration the fear lessened i didn't act as impulsively as i did that day in december of what 2017 i believe that is the key to fighting fear, rethinking, reassessing, and researching the story, the single story you've told yourself. That's the key there. That's what our country needs. 
That's what I believe our, our country needs desperately. That's what our world needs. Ask yourself, you that's listening to this, ask yourself, what is the single story you've told yourself? Sincerely, what is the single story you've told yourself? How has it pushed you to fear? And then do the due diligence to learn more about whatever it is you've believed in a one-sided, limited way. Hear that. Hear that. Hear that. Fighting fear. As we wrap up this episode, I want to get a little bit into what's the next for this podcast, changing the narrative with me. I'm going to be coming to you like I always will. This is the last wrap-up edition, episode 12 of season one of the podcast. Officially bringing season one to a close. We did a test run of this podcast. We did um, some bonus episodes. We did a summer pre-launch we first launched this back in, I think, 2018, And now we're moving forward, moving strong, moving forward. We did these first initial 12 with a couple bonus episodes thrown in there. We did these first initial 12 episodes, talking, interviewing, all of that. And now we're moving forward to season two. Season two will feature a variety of guests. Uh, we're in the process of booking and producing and getting those things prepared uh, a variety of content, a variety of fun. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. This is only possible because you guys listen, because you guys support. I need your help. I need your support. So you can do two things like subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, the audio version rather, and share, 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 share with friends, family, Share. Tell your friends, hey, I got a podcast you can listen to on your way to work. I got a podcast you can listen to on your way to bed. I got a podcast you can listen to uh, uh, on your when you're working out. I have a podcast you can listen to if you want a podcast. It talks about politics. It talks about everything. Here it is. Share, 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 share. Share, share, share. We have a catalog, 12, about really more than 12 episodes, but numbered 12 official episodes plus a few bonus episodes within that that could last them about two to three good weeks. If they listen thoroughly, listen fully, look at all the content. And then, you know, wetting their taste buds and get them ready for season two, which will be coming late summer into the fall of this year, 2021. So please, 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 please do that. I'm excited about what's to come, what we have, what I'm planning, what we're going to do with this podcast to expand it. Beyond that, you can give, you can help support it financially. The equipment, the con, the content, booking, get all of that. The quality is all on and dependent on money. Nowadays, YouTube and sometimes in many ways, podcasting itself is free, but the equipment and to maintain quality is not. You have to pay. Sincerely, you have to pay. And so if you can support this channel, this YouTube channel, this podcast, do so by going to jshakormedia.com, clicking on podcasts, or jshakormedia.com backslash podcast and 
hitting that support button on that page. It should be to the to the middle of the page on the like right right when you click on it, you should see it right there. The support page right under the description of the podcast, and you can give and support whatever you can. It's a dollar. I think the price increments are a dollar, five dollars, and like I think ten dollars nine 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 a month. Whatever you do, whatever you give, it helps support the podcast. This helps keep us going. Helps keep us consistent helps keep keep, help keep our content other than the podcast as well it supports the youtube channel where we do breaking news news stories reporting and all of that so please 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 help support what i am attempting and trying to do i want to be independent i want to be truthful i want to be honest but i need your help to do that sincerely i need your help to do that so please whatever you do help us with the podcast we have some potential uh, potentials of getting picked up and getting you know um, put on bigger platforms, but we have to have quality. We have to show a quality product to get to sell it, right? Uh, nobody want to buy beat up shoes unless they have a specific perf- purpose for those shoes. You know, go running, clean something or whatever. But, hear me, hear me. If it's quality, people want to buy it, all right? And then we can sell the show to, uh, to reach a broader, bigger audience. I think what we're doing is quality. We ain't always, let me, man, we ain't always be quality. We are, you know, testing it out, upstarting it, get raising funds and all that. But we're building. And I need your help. Sincerely. There's so much out there that's being unsaid and ignored. And I need your help in bringing to light the untruths, the 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 ignored narratives, and going against the mainstream. I need your help. So please, please, please support. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, episode 12, the last episode of the season, season one. Uh, we may do a uh, greatest hits <laughs> episode, bonus episode before, you know, I'll give you something to hold you over to the fall. Uh, of like the best highlights from the first season. We may do that. I'm excited about it. Um, and I, I, I sincerely want to do it. I think I may do that. That just gave me an idea. So I think I may do that. <laughs> but this season one has been amazing for me. If it's five people watching, it's been amazing for me. Five people listening, it's been amazing personally for me. Um, being able to tell stories being able to share my perspective. It's what I love to do. It is sincerely what I love, what I was born to do. And you guys just listening, if it's for five minutes a day, five minutes a week, is good for me. I appreciate it. I thank you and I'm grateful for it. Um, I can be controversial. I can be indirectly confrontational. I get it. <laughs> but it's all done in, in love, with a pure heart, with the desire to help people. And it's done with the with the affinity towards defending faith, family, and human freedom. Both spiritually and civilly. And I mean that wholeheartedly. So please, please, please support. Beyond that, thank you all for a great, great first season. I mean thank you for a great first season this season has been amazing testing it out 
stepping into it. We took our time. We built 12 quality episodes with bonus stuff in between and still a ton of bonus content that is yet to be released. Took our time and built what I believe is quality. What I believe will help people. What I believe will enlighten people and educate people. I encourage you, if you just coming in on this episode or you just came in on a couple episodes before this, go back to the very beginning. Go back to the very beginning. Listen to all the episodes. Listen distinctly to all the episodes. And get what I believe is an invaluable, invaluable knowledge, commentary, insight, conversation with my with people and sometimes just me and you like it is right now. But go back from the very beginning and listen. I'm sure it would enlighten you uh, and it will help you. I am conservative. I, I think I make no bones about that. I don't hide that. And, you know, you know, I don't do that. But I try to listen. I try to listen to who and whatever is not, you know, on my political side or on my uh, thinking or moral state or whatever. I try to listen. I try to hone in. I try to say, okay. And that's the goal of this podcast. That's what we wanted to do. That's what I think we're doing. So go back. Listen. Tell me what you think. Leave a review. That helps a lot, too. Leave a sincere review on this podcast. Platform. Tell me what you think for real. Let us know. Um, you can email me. Reach out to me at jwanshakur. That's J-A-Y-J-U-A-N. Shakur, S-H-A-K-U-R at gmail.com. Questions, comments, or concerns, or go to Jishakur Media and contact me. and I'll still get it, you know, that way as well. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope something was said that helped you. Hope something uh, that uh, hope something inspired you. Fight fear by rethinking, retelling, reassessing, and researching the single story you've told yourself. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Share, share, share. And I'll see you guys next season. You don't become what you want because so much of wanting is about living in the space of what you don't have. I believe that we all share this common desire. We all want to be liked. We all want to be accepted. Everything we do in some way considers that fact. Life, you don't have vision. You don't build your character because you know you know letting go of your ego. Thank you for listening.